This is Andrea St. Louis, owner of Step Into Purpose Consulting and the author of the book 40 Days Lighter, a devotional journey for women determined to live free. And I'm happy to bring you another episode of Wisdom Wednesdays. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. And I'm here to help you embrace your purpose, develop language for your calling, and find opportunities to flourish in your personal and professional life. It's time for you to walk through that door of purpose. So make sure you join me every Wednesday at noon and let's take back the middle of our week. No more hump day blues. Let's get motivated and step into purpose. So for today's topic, I'm really kind of excited um, to go here because it's something that we all at some point most people have experienced, I won't say all, most people have experienced, even if we are not honest about it, um, but we often think that we don't have a way to deal with it. So our topic for today is how to make the most of a job you hate. How to make the most of a job you hate. Now, I know hate is a strong word, and so I was almost reluctant to use it, but the fact of the matter is if you wake up day in and day out and you resent the place where you're going to go work or if you work um, remotely and you still resent the work, um, you you find it hard to get up in the morning and get going. You find it hard to stay motivated throughout the day. It's at a severe dislike at the very least. Um, so I, I get it. Hate is a strong word, but the fact of the matter is so many people say, oh, I hate my job. So let's break that down a little bit more. There are some of us who, yes, working conditions are not favorable and there are things that our employers need to do um, to change. There are managers that um, maybe their specialty is not people, unfortunately, Um, or other circumstances that simply makes the work that you're doing right now not such a great fit. But the fact of the matter is that there's always something to learn in every situation, no matter how unfavorable it is. There's always something that you can learn. You can also use this time, this opportunity, as a resource to build your own personal career toolkit and help you grow um, for your future. So I wanna share three tips that I have um, for making the most out of a job that you hate. Tip number one, Know that there's always something to learn. Now, I know that seems obvious for a lot of people. And maybe you're saying, well, maybe I'm learning something about how corporate America works or I'm learning about myself in this role or how nonprofits work. But is there an actual tangible skill that you can glean, that you can gain from the time that you are in this experience? Is there someone that you enjoy working with and you admire the work that they do that can help you grow in a particular function of your position? Is there an opportunity for you to learn to be an enterprising employee? So even though it's not your favorite job, going above and beyond so that you can get recognized for the opportunities that you really want to pursue. I know for me, when I started my first full-time job, I was working in customer service and I was just grateful to have a job because I graduated, for anyone who knows, I graduated in 2008. 
um, from undergrad. So when my class, uh, if you took a break over the summer and didn't look for a job or didn't have one already lined up, when you went to find a job in the fall, there really were no jobs because this is right around the time where the, uh, the 2008, 2009, the market begins to tank um, to the point that we saw people with high GPAs who were valedictorians of their schools interviewing for positions um, that were, in our estimation, well beneath them, but it was just the climate, the economic climate that our class entered the workforce in. So um, I was working customer service and I started out, you know, just really excited to be working in customer service, to be to be employed full time. Um, it was a good job. I got a Series 6 license, among other things at the time. Um, so there were some perks to it. And then overtime hit and the market tanked and customers were calling and they were upset and understandably so, understandably so. Um, they were really, really mad. And the thing is that frustrated people often take out their frustration, not on the source of their frustration, but the person who's often trying to help them with their frustration. And so when we would have to explain to um, customers, you know, how their account works, what the rules are, how they can access or not access things, it was a mess. And so you can imagine that after a year or so of doing that, it gets very taxing and for some people it felt very toxic and there were those who decided you know I'd rather quit than keep doing this but in my mind you know I was going to get to a certain point and then I could just move on and I'll never forget um, going on an interview and realizing how vastly unprepared I was because I had been content just going to work and doing my job that was it I did nothing more I did my job and I went home I earned the money they paid me and I went home. And unfortunately, I had missed opportunities to learn things that the other candidates, because it happened to be a group interview, the other candidates in that interview had learned and learned well. So after this harrowing experience, around the first, I think I'd reached a year in that first customer service role, I committed myself in spite of how I felt about the job, the mark, the job market, the economic climate and all of that, that I was going to become one of the best customer service reps I could um, so that I could move on with my life. And that I did. I managed to, you know, hit my goals early in the week. I managed to um, even help others out. I managed to help with escalated issues. And before I knew it, I began to get opportunities to work on some other things not related to my nine to five job. Um, I worked on a few projects related to innovation and diversity. And um, I was really beginning to see the benefit of doing more than I was assigned. Um, going above and beyond, even when I didn't uh, think that this was where God wanted me to be for the rest of my life. Um, there was always something for me to learn. I learned to network during this time. I learned to, um, this is honestly where my real love for writing resumes started to bloom because now that I was beginning to network and add skills and talk to people, um, now I was beginning to figure out, well, how do I tell my story um, when I'm, for when I'm ready to move on to my next role? So there's always something to learn. Uh, tip number two, 
Sometimes saying yes to a little more responsibility, even though it's not your idea of a passion-filled project, may help to spark your interest in the thing that is your passion. And so I know that's kind of a roundabout way of saying this, but eventually I was able to move from that customer service position to another type of position. I'm still not where I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life. I had no plans to retire in that role, but it was still a great opportunity. And again, as um, I found chances to do a little bit more than what's on in my job description, I was able to build a few other skills. So there's this story that I love to tell, and it's not a story, it's something that really happened. Um, and when I was an undergrad, I really was not thrilled about writing. I have been writing my whole life, I've journaled my whole life, but when it came to writing long papers, that was just not my thing. Anyways, um, after moving out of the customer service role after about a year and a half, two years, um, and moving into the next role, I begin um, to realize that there might be something in there that is kind of whirling around this idea related to writing, but I didn't know what it was yet. And um, one day there was a newsletter for our department that needed to be written and the person who um, usually did it wasn't available to do it. And there was just a request put out if anyone else was able or interested in helping with this newsletter and honestly I can't say that I've written you know things whether for church or whatever but I've never written a newsletter before but I said I will take on this task I I'm pretty I'm okay with figuring out you know Microsoft Office products so figuring out publisher shouldn't be so bad and you know what I was actually pretty good at it now this particular project again didn't really have anything to do with my nine to five. However, it was a great, great, great opportunity to add a skill that I didn't have and I probably wouldn't get from my nine to five, my nine to five um, working on newsletters. And so I went from working on this one newsletter for my department to becoming part of a communications committee for an, a group within the company um, to becoming the co-chair of the communications committee for that group within uh, the company. And then I even moved on to being in charge of communications um, for my place of worship. Um, and so it has really blossomed, blossomed into something that I did not know was possible. Um, and so all of this came from taking on a little bit more responsibility that was outside of my job description, even in a position that I didn't think was my area of passion. I've even gone on to, obviously I finished one graduate degree, I have an MBA, I'm working on a second graduate degree uh, now, and I've written a book, and I have a blog, and I've become very passionate, I'm a professional resume writer, and I've become very passionate about writing, journaling, helping others to put their thoughts together. One of the things that I share in my introduction is that I enjoy helping people find language for their calling. Um, how do you tell your story? That's an important thing. These are all things that you can learn even in a job that you hate. Number three, ask yourself, how can I improve my character while I'm here? This is a tough one. This is a tough one and one that truthfully I am still working on. Even in a bad job, this is a good place to know, am I honest? 
Do I have to make excuses every time I'm asked for a status on something? Am I faithful? Am I a faithful steward to the work that's assigned to me? If it's my responsibility, am I pawning it off on someone else? Am I blaming someone else for my failures? Or am I taking responsibility for who I am? Am I on time? That's probably my least favorite question. But something that I am actively working on. Am I on time? Even when I don't want to be here, it's still my responsibility to be on time. Because the fact of the matter is, some of us think, well, once I get to a job I love, then I'll suddenly become someone else and I'll do the right things. But the truth is, the habits that you create while you're in spaces that you think hold little value are unfortunately the same habits, or fortunately in some cases, um, if you're doing the right thing. But for many people, those habits that you develop in those unfavorable positions are the habits that follow you over to the favorable ones. And then when you, you're not succeeding that the way that you, the way that you thought you would, um, it becomes a source of frustration. What habits are you creating now? How can you improve your character while you're there? Are you honest when you're asked to manage a team? Are you respectful? Can you work with a diverse team? Can you learn new skills even when you think you're the expert in the room? Can you respect the opinions of others? Can you value the presence and the contribution of others? Those are the habits that you really want to be developing even in a job that you hate. So even if you're standing at a McDonald's window and you know the same miserable people come to your uh, come to your drive-thru every morning before they go to work because they just you have this nasty attitude before they get their coffee, you have a smile on your face because while you think that it's just customers driving through your drive-thru, you never know if someone that you serve and you know, hopefully serve well, but you never know if someone that you serve will be the person that you sit in front of for an interview at your next job. How are you treating the opportunity you have right now? The thing is, making the most of every opportunity means that you even need to glean value from positions that you think are pointless. That you think are pointless. You can gain something from a position you think is pointless if you are willing to focus on what's ahead for your future. The ability to be purpose-focused, even in a less-than-ideal situation, is a major signal that you're even maturing in the ways necessary to move forward. If you find yourself always getting stuck at a particular evaluation rating, you know, or you're just barely satisfactory, or maybe you keep getting stuck in a particular role, you can't get any jobs outside of this particular kind of job, or maybe you find yourself in that cycle of, quitting a job every six months to a year. Maybe it's possible that uh, while you're waiting for the right fit, you have some things you need to work on so that you are the right fit for your place of passion. We always want to talk about whether or not our job is the right fit, but are you the right fit for the position that you want? What can you do to help yourself get there? Thank you for joining me for another episode of Wisdom Wednesdays with Step Into Purpose. This is your host, Andrea St. Louis, and I'm so glad that you have joined me on this journey. Meet me here every Wednesday at noon 
so that we can take back the middle of our week, get motivated, and step into purpose. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Step Into Purpose Consulting. Again, that's Step In, the number two purpose consulting. No dashes or spaces. And you can also visit www.stepintopurpose.com for all of our services that are offered um, to help move your career forward, as well as to see the Step Into Purpose blog. Thank you for joining me and have a great afternoon.